0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, mate. feel a lot better. Good to be back. Um, well done to Courtney last week for filling in at the last moment.
0: Yeah, and I thought she did really well. Um, so she might be trying to gun for one of our spots. We might be careful. We're, we're on a performance now. We're under the under the microscope. That's
1: fine. We might need to get a rotating roster going.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, well, we will start the show. Um, so everyone knows. I'm pretty sure most people would have guessed that you had COVID last week and struggled <laughs> a little bit. Apparently, you're hanging around the Bulldogs
1: players. Maybe I don't yeah, know. No, no, no. Let's make it very clear that uh, I have not been hanging around the Bulldogs players. Uh okay. not pillar not uh, recent news events on myself.
0: Okay, so there's. What, four, three players out for COVID? Mm. You were out for COVID last week, so it's a bit of a trend happening.
1: Yeah.
0: Um am so always
1: ahead of the curve. Yes.
0: <laughs> You're a trendsetter. So three players failed a rat test, and then we've got a fourth player, Brendan Wakeham, who will be unavailable for this week's match. Uh, it sent um, the Bulldogs uh, getting an exemption to rename their squad against the Brisbane Broncos on Friday night. It mm. was... You probably start the week and say it's a match that we should, or we have to look to winning at this position, and now it goes to probably yeah. a match that will be out of our, out of our reach.
1: Well, mate, I was hoping you wouldn't start with this lose. I was hoping we would start with uh, the review of the game last week against South Sydney because I wanted to be positive, but we've we've gone straight into uh, this week's game, and hmm. uh, the issues going ahead. Yeah, look, it's extremely disappointing. Uh, I don't know if you could blame anybody, but um. No, it it's a game, game It's a game that was going to be fifty fifty is regarding win losses if we had a full strength side. so so yeah, it's really disappointing that um we've now got at least twelve players out um, <laughs> and a lot of a lot of a couple of rookies coming in which we'll touch on later. Um, my I don't know, I've had a lot of time to think today, mate. and um, I think the most disappointing part of it to me is that it's happened to us. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen to any other club in the future. I hope it doesn't. But um, I'm not saying it's not going to happen to other clubs throughout the year. But it just seems very... I don't know. The team that's been a basket case for the last two years, as far as management goes, is the team that's had this outbreak and um, having to, you know name a team on Tuesday and change it today. Um, It just looks bad for management uh, going forward. And and like I said, I don't know if you can blame anyone in particular for this, but, you know, this is not coming out of Melbourne. This is not coming out of Penrith. It just happens to be coming out of... um, Team The the team that's running Larks, the team that's been a basket case the last five years as far as management goes. Um, So what's that? Is that unlucky? Is that a coincidence? Or is it... Again, poor management.
0: Mm.
1: Maybe I'd be too harsh, but um, looking at it from a wider little scope, um, it's very disappointing.
0: Actually, do you know I honestly thought first
1: when it happened? What's that?
0: Because I thought, you know, when the Tigers won on Monday now, you're going to go, this is a bit odd. We'll go into a different game. And the West Tigers kicked the winning field goal against a, a team in the top four and started their season and went straight above the Bulldogs on the ladder and pushed the Bulldogs down. To the last position, um, Michael McGuire has been the coach who's been copying the brunt. And I thought after the Tigers put a, a win against the top four, or what was the top four side, and a very, very good win it was, um, that I thought the attention will – I actually thought that the attention now will turn to Trent Barrett. I thought whatever Trent Barrett needed was the, the Tigers to lose by a lot to keep attention away from him, and then the Tigers won. And now yeah. it's conveniently happened this week. So. There's a bone, but you know, we're not expected to win. We put in a decent performance, and we could put a decent performance in on Friday night and lose by 20 against the Broncos. And mm-hmm. then be like, what a courageous effort by the Bulldogs! You know, they turned up for 50 minutes, but you know, outclassed a lot of juniors, a lot of debutants, a lot of mm-hmm. players, you know, who wouldn't you wouldn't, or you would have thought of playing the top grade game this year, you know, played. And you know, that mm. is. If- so I thought it came at convenient timing for Trent Barrett because now he's got a, I suppose, an excuse this week for a loss, something to take him under like a bit of under pressure, off a yeah. bit of off pressure. So I thought you know it, came, it could probably even though we're in it to win it and stuff like that, and we need to win this game. Like if we're talking our season, I was thinking our season's almost on the line this week. I know it's round seven yeah. in the competition, but it's getting to that stage already when you only win one out of Six. Uh, six yeah your season becomes on the line and then we've been whacked with covid there's the excuse is already there for him so you know a lot of questions you could already see yeah he didn't win tonight but proud of the effort that you know these young guys did these guys mm-hmm. didn't play top grade so he'll get um things so i thought i thought i was going to say this match could make or break his. if you'll be
1: around next year but might not might be a little bit later in the season yeah, it's interesting because that was this is the game that we pointed to at the start of the year when we sat down with Andy Rowan and, and said, um, you know, round seven against the Broncos, how many wins are going to go heading into that game for the season? Mm. Uh, it's turned out to be one. So, quarter away from the season, we've got one winner coming last. Uh, and then heading up to Brisbane on Friday with uh, uh, I don't know if it's too far to say this Wales cup team. <laughs> oh, it's, it's very close. New South Wales cup team sprinkled with a bit of That's NRL right. talent. I think we've got to congratulate, though, Jacob Carrez, He's uh, mm-hmm. been named in the centres now uh, to make his overall debut. He's really impressed me uh, playing in the World Cup this year. Mm-hmm. Um, not just speed and elusiveness, but uh, the way he he's talking from the wing position. So, obviously, centre this week. But um, the way he's, he's uh, his verbal ability on the field from wing in the World Cup has been really impressive. And then uh, on the bench... Billy Sik- Sikikres, uh, who has played uh, this World Cup for a couple of years now and has done really, really well, so uh, he gets his opportunity off the bench as well, as long as no more changes happen.
0: Good uh, story. So congratulations
1: well. to those those players uh, on on the NRL debuts this week.
0: Mm, good story, and uh, to, well, I'll go to add to the matters worse while we're talking about the news. Uh, Brayden Burns is pulled a hamstring. Now this poor bloke. Can't mm. catch a break. Because it's not just he's pulled a hamstring. He's now out for eight weeks. So, well, original diagnosis, well, people were originally hoping for two on the sideline. He'll miss a minimum of eight matches. Yeah. Eight weeks on the sideline. So, I thought he's been pr- uh, quite handy, quite good for the Bulldogs this year. Yeah, he's been uh, one of our
1: best. Yes. Yeah,
0: so he just finds... He just makes stuff happen around him near the trial line. He almost scored one on the weekend mm. that I will talk about when we actually talk about the Bulldogs versus Rabbitohs game. Um But, you know, he's out and then you know what a bad week for him to be missing with all the the fellow covid players um yeah. so he's out and then uh chris potoa you know cops a head off from josh jackson probably the worst um head to head but um he's out for uh, this Patala. for at least a week yeah is out for a week yep um or at least a week uh he would looked in
1: yeah he was a, he's not in a good way yeah he, he was not in a good way
0: he was, a Bit of a sh- he was even shaking when very stiff, then sh- then was shaking. It was not good. It didn't look good at all, uh, mm-hmm. the head clash. And, uh, oh, well,
1: Jacko must have a hard head.
0: He does. I wouldn't <laughs> imagine. I'd probably be the least the least head I want to hit me in a tackle. And it's just unlucky. And now he's out. It was his first starting game mm. in the back row. He was playing the back row as well. And mm. he's out. So we're missing those two players who weren't able to finish the game against South Sydney. So we might as well talk about the Rablo's game. Yeah, at
1: a core stadium, a Good Friday. Yeah, look, I'll start off with, like I said, I want to be positive about this, so let's start off positive. Now, you were obviously at the stadium. Um, yep. I was in isolation, so that's mm-hmm. the reason I wasn't at the stadium. But that first twenty minutes, maybe the first twenty-five minutes, I'm just going to watch the game once. I'm going off memory now. Yep. But those that first twenty to twenty-five minute period, I'm going to say this, and not. If you actually start to think about this, it's not as big as a call as it actually sounds initially. But that 20, 25 minutes is the best I've seen the Bulldogs play under Trent Barrett. Now, I don't know if you noticed it at the game, but that, we'll say 20 minutes. The way we started that game, uh, we, we, we turned it into, we were actually in the the wrestle at the start of the game. We were actually mm. in the filling out period. We were holding our own. Our kick chase was organised. Well, that was one thing that stood out a lot, was the kick chase. Um, And the sets had direction and purpose. Uh, And it looked like we were building into a game. We were building into an 80-minute game. Now, obviously, the downside to that was it only lasted 20 minutes and it fell apart freaking dramatically. (laughs) Not long after that. But that first 25 minutes... That is the best I've seen the Bulldogs under Trent Barrett. It's the most direction I've seen uh, from the halves under Trent Barrett. And um, it actually felt like, actually looked like the Bulldogs again.
0: Mm. No, it did. It felt like it, watching it from level four at a yeah. stadium and with the Bulldogs fans, there was excitement, there was a buzz, and people were actually going, like, we're, they yeah. There sure was it. a feel we were going to actually win it. Yeah. They said it's gonna get tired, but we're gonna win this one because we're
1: just in it. Uh no. we look good, we looked organized, we looked slick. Um yeah. And then now, the reason I say it's not as a big call as it sounds, uh, is that well guys, well I tweeted this, uh something similar to this mm-hmm. straight after the game, and people are like, Oh, be truthful on the performance and all this sort of stuff. Guys, Troadmair won three games last year, one game this year. It's not that big of a call to say, the game we won this year was 6-4, so <laughs> it's not that big of a call uh, to say that over the last two years, that's the best we looked in the first 25 minutes. The downside was that we only were up 6-0, we mm. could have been, should have been up 12-0 at least, if not 16-0, 18-0. We should have got a couple more tries, there's obviously things to work on, but uh, I stand by it. That first 20 minutes was great. Yeah, uh it fell apart. I'm not gonna argue with you because it did look really good. It
0: looked felt like actually when we we're there, it felt like a real finals game. Um, when that first twenty twenty five minutes, um, again going by memory, the atmosphere of the the uh, the the stadium, it was over thirty thousand people. yeah, there it felt like a finals game. it was they we looked like we lifted or were lifting to the occasion of Good Friday again,. Um, but yeah, when you say the call, that's the best we've looked under Trent Barrett. Well, that twenty-minute period or twenty-five-minute period, it's hard to argue with you because if you look at the six-four win against the Cowboys this year, we got to count our lucky stars that um, the the offside feels the hammer was offside against us. Yeah, was only a foot, like his mm. foot was planted in front of the kicker. He times mm. that. He times that properly. He probably times that nine times out of ten properly. And they yeah. would have scored and wouldn't have changed the result. Him being a foot, he just was a little bit lazy and a little bit of attention to detail wasn't great. And he stood mm. a, just a foot. He wasn't. He was barely in front of the, the kicker. You could. You can't tell me live when the Cowboys what looked like to be the match-winning try. You thought, here we go again. We've lost. No one in their right mind said, hey, he was offside.
1: No, nah, yeah, that's right.
0: And then it was. It was a correct call. But yeah, that was like you know, nine times out of ten, he he nails the timing of his run. Cowboys get the try. Um, so, you're completely right. That's the best we've looked. But I want to bring up a, a point now. You're saying that we should have been up 12-0. Braden Burns crosses the try line. Mm. Gets up high-fiving. Gets up exciting. Um, and I'm not saying he scored for sure. Um, I'm not saying it was the right or wrong call. Because it was the camera angles that showed the side on. We couldn't see anything at all. So, you mm. have to go off the on-field decision of... No try by drive Sutton, which is fair. But the only angle would show us something: the South Strangers' backside's in front of the camera. That's the only <laughs> yeah. angle what could have confirmed. I, I will tonight.
1: say, I will say, watching at home, watching the replays at home, it was clear that the ball was held up.
0: Well, it was because watching it then. I watched it again. I watched the KO Mini yeah. again, and I thought the only angle what will determine if he actually grounds it or not.
1: Well, what you the best mean, angle, is The only angle
0: that may have. She got the ball on the ground. And then was the South, we got the South's backside. Yeah. And I was just like, we could have had, that could have been an angle, what could have shown he just brushed it and dragged back up. Because yeah. I don't know, I feel like Brandon Burns is not a person who fibs. He was, he got up, he was high fiving, <laughs> he was not, I don't know. I just don't feel like he was that type of player. And when he was nodding and, you know, shaking his head, like, you know, yeah. yes, I got it, and high fiving the boys, the whole crowd went up. As one, and then when we went to look at the angle, this is the angle what will confirm that he hit the hit the line, was the angle where the South trainer got in the way. Yeah.
1: Right in front of that camera.
0: He just conveniently was there at yeah. the right
1: time. I'm not with you on that one. It was clearly held up. Um, I don't think it was clear. The clearly. most controversial one was the Jeremy Marshall silbit um, Now, I'm happy with referees giving away too many, or when they feel like the team... That's um, giving away six agains. Have given away too much to send someone to the sin bin. But my main two annoyances out of that is one, why is it only happening against us? said it in most games, most weekends. Uh, and two, I think he chose the wrong penalty to do it on. Hmm. He chose South's lock Marshall King's hand into um, wedged into where the ball is. How many times do you see the referee call time off? so the two players can untangle each other without causing a knock on or a, a strip, and then uh, they get to play the ball. Mm. Yeah, always stop the game, get you guys set, go. Uh, whenever there's an entanglement like that, that's how it's adjudicated, rightly or wrongly. I don't like it, uh, but that's how it's adjudicated every other game. Um, and Mr. Gerard Sutton, who always seems to get the extra... Friday game, it always seems to uh, make sure that we have no chance of actually competing, decides that that's the one that's going to be a silver hmm. bloody ridiculous well I would say actually a controversial moment
0: was when Josh Jackson put a dominant tackle on in the game and in the tackle he flung someone, I can't remember the South player but he's tackled someone It was very dominant and then um, as you're still moving the South player to the ground, he got six more for a second effort and I was like, it's a dominant tackle, and he's still yeah. completing the tackle, and then he gets six more for a second effort, and then, it, I swear, identically a set a set later when we had the ball, we got flung to the ground, and it was just get up and play the ball, and I was just like, it wasn't working both ways. Yeah, for sure it wasn't. I know I don't like to blame the, re- not the referee or anything, but well, it, it felt like it was a replay.
1: Some of those repeatedly from the same referee. Mm. Uh, over and over again, you can point to... And, like, from that point forward, you can point to, I don't know, probably 10 incidences where um, unconscious, biased, but Gerard Sussman was against the Bulldogs.
0: No, it felt like it. We just felt like we couldn't get a call. And then it was conveniently towards the end of the game,
1: a few more six mores ago again,
0: south when the game oh, was
1: absolutely. done and dusted. And it i it. Like even to know it. how many six mores and how many penalties the Bulldogs received in the last 10 minutes of the game. Hmm when the game was locked okay, and over. buried. Yeah, yeah absolutely. By, we'll all re- about... by all refs, but in particular, uh, that one.
0: We're talking about... So Jeremy Marshall can get sin-binned, which feels like he's actually off the field for 25 minutes because a lot happens in that mm. period of play where they're reviewing
1: yeah, South's try. Big South score, 18 points. 10 yeah, minutes.
0: South score, 18 points. There's time off. Uh, we've got a Bulldogs play, two Bulldogs players go off in that time as well, injured.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it adds adds to it, and um, the Bulldogs did not touch the ball once. They didn't even get the ball kicked at them and drop the ball, and it's not like they had the opportunity to complete a set and incomplete one set and yeah. really stuffed it up for themselves. They didn't get to touch the ball once in that 10 minutes. Jerry Russell King, was I swear he was off for like 15 real minutes, not game five minutes, but it was just yeah.
1: the stop-start and and some of that. Problem, just like was off for a long, long yeah, time. Okay. Look, at the end of the day, the problem, the reason we lost... The problem's the same as what we every other week. We we don't have the ability to have something go against us mm. and then for us to defend something going against us and stay in the match. As soon as something goes against us, that's it. And the Jeremy Marshall King sin bin, you could go, I think, earlier in that set, it was a silly penalty given away Yes, uh, by us deep, on, deep in South's... Um, territory, and that's what, you know, really changed the momentum, not the Sinbin. Sinbin bloody helped, obviously. Um, but, like, you know, if we, if, you know, we could say the same thing about every other game. So, so yeah, we just don't have the ability to defend anything going against us at the moment, and I think that is the most frustrating part, especially after watching that Tigers-Eels game, as you mentioned, because the Tigers, who hadn't had a win... Uh, had lots of things going against them and they still managed to hold on so mm. I think that is the, the biggest frustration at the moment and it's quite annoying that um, you've mentioned it already Tigers get a 1-1 one, one point win they're above us on the ladder we're sitting in larks and it feels like all of a sudden And we know that we're, we're going to be struggling a bit this year but it feels like all of a sudden we're larks by a long way Yeah, and I does. know one, one, one result could change that one upset win by the baby Bulldogs tomorrow against the Broncos, could change that. Uh, but it, it does feel like we're a long way behind. Anyway, well, I it think does. we should...
0: Yeah? Well, I actually want to bring up a, f- a few points, but it, you're actually right. It does feel like we're a long way behind because it feels like the Tigers have turned a corner by beating a, a top side or a premiership, what people have highlighted as a premiership threat, and they actually won in a big crowd with things going against them and players going off injured. Yeah. And they were able to, you know... Go everything go against... Well, not everything, but things go against them and still find a way to win. is That's going to be a big confidence boost for them. But it's not the Tigers show. I want to talk about two uh, bunker calls that Mm. we're going to talk about. And I think you know one of them from the get-go. But we'll save that one for the second one. There's the one where South Sydney offside off a kick with Blake Taff and Cody Walker. What looked like a try... Um, Brent Nader went for the intercept, got pushed mm-hmm. off the ball. Then Taff goes for the ball, gets pushed, and a kick. And then Cody Walker picks it up in front, and South score for Alex Johnston. Well, what we thought South would score for Alex Johnston, they went to the bunker. It was reviewed. They were reviewing the offside of Cody Walker, which Cody Walker was offside. However, they end up calling it back for Kyle Flanagan to taking out Blake Taff without the ball. Now, is that the right call, or the wrong call?
1: To be honest, I don't really remember the incident because I was. One, really sick. <laughs> but two, after the 18 points and 10 minutes, I was fuming at everything that was going against us. So I was in a blind rage by that point.
0: Okay, I want to say my opinion was the wrong call. Um, in be- Just because... So I'm happy with Brent Naden going for the ball and then he went for the intercept. He went for the little tap on, tap up to get a clean catch at the wall because he was going for like the really out the intercept. and unfortunately, And South's player pushed it. I'm mm-hmm. happy with that because he went for the ball and he was at the board. He was the last person to hit the ball. Blake Taft stands on top of the ball and mm. he's just standing there and are we meant to give him the free range to pick up the ball and make a play? Because he's standing right on top of the ball and Flanagan just like shoves him to the ground and then he kicks the ball as he was shoved to the ground and he kicks the ball. He's just in the way. Like the ball was yeah. going, going for the ball and then couldn't get to it. And then Cody Walker's offside. I was happy to um, either play the knock-on from Naden because he played at the ball, and I'm happy for him to be hit. There was a few fans booing that the Bulldogs didn't get the penalty because Naden didn't have a clean catch at the ball before he was hit off the ball. Yeah. I don't think that's... To me, that's okay. He stood there, hit the ball in the air, and then he was pushed as he was going for the intercept, which I think is fair play. But I also think it was fair play for Blake to have to stand on top of the ball to be whacked off it as he kicks the ball, and then the South get the penalty. It just felt like that we were going to get something to go our way, and then it still turned into penalty to South Sydney. It was just like we couldn't even get the thing that was going our way, completely our way. And then the next one was Brent Naden. Kyle Flanagan puts a beautiful kick in. Naden goes flying down the corner, catches it, bounces up perfectly, and scores the try. And they call it back because Naden uh, lo- loses possession of the ball into Blake Taft. Now, I've watched that try in slow motion, and I'm thinking, how do they get no try? To me, that was fine. How does Naden? How is that not a try? Every day of the week. Taff tackles at the like tackles at the ball, which he rightfully does, and they they say Naden's lost possession of the ball. I don't see how he's lost possession. He didn't lose possession into Taff. He still had control over the ball. He was Mm -hmm. running with the ball. And for a split second, just because it looks like the ball's come out and Taff has just accidentally just touched it while Naden still had possession of it. If we want to watch everything in super, super, super slow motion to determine that someone's lost possession of the ball, you could probably call about 50 tackles a game where someone's switching the ball in their arms and a defending player's touched the ball, which would constitute a Mm knock-on. That's a try every day of the week. Naden's try... um, doesn't change the game i mean it pu- probably puts us in, a little bit in it um but for that to go against us like seriously well like i know the bunker's got to clear the tries and i'm for that but that how do they come up with that how do they come up with a no try i cannot believe we got dudded that one that one was a yeah. dead, dead set um when you're coming last you just get kicked yeah, it down. there's
1: another 10 figs. I said earlier, there's 10 figs that I could pull up that I wouldn't pull up, but th- that exactly like those examples. And it's just
0: absolute, yeah, it's just absolute. That was absolute rubbish. Like you're watching it and trying to explain it to the 30,000, South fans got up, started cheering, and they were in disbelief. Mm. They got the call going their way. They All couldn't right. believe it was a no try.
1: Top three from last week. Who have we got?
0: Well, I've gone Duffy one point. I thought he really um, bounced back quite well. Very, very very positive in his performance. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he had... um, had, You know, sometimes when a good player has a bad game, they really want to bounce back. It just looked like that for Dufty. He took it really personal. He played smart too. There was a few times there was kicks in the corners and, you know, his small body weight can get pushed out and he just really just jumped at the ground. It was almost like
1: or Major esque when he was running out of room. Yeah. Yeah. he had 19 <laughs> runs for 190 meters, 66 post-contact meters, which is not usually his forte. Eight tackle breaks. Um, what a what a turnaround
0: from the week before. And he looked dangerous in the middle. It looked like he was not missing a, an inside
1: ball again. Yeah, I don't Probably. know how you got him down as one point. I've given him three points. I thought he was by far uh, the most likely player on the field.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. I've I've given Carl Flanagan. Two points again. Mm-hmm. We look so much more direct in attack because of him. He probably should—he should have had two try assists. Um, yeah. On the weekend, he was involved even in Braden Burns going over, and even though know, he didn't score the try, but you know he was involved in every positive attacking play uh, that we're in. Yeah, and then and he's look, also had to have a change of half partners halfway through the game.
1: Yeah, and I haven't been on the podcast since he's played his first game, and both games that he's played in um particularly that first 20 minutes i've already touched on against south but the two games he's played in it does look a whole lot better the team does look uh a, a way better team having Kyle flooding at halfback uh with burden at five eight so um He would have thought should, we'll we'll <laughs> yeah no, but i've only been talking about it for how long six mm. months um but it's finally happened should have happened earlier um but we definitely look much better with him now, I agree. I've given Flanagan two points as well. And for my three points, just looking at it live, I've given it to Luke
0: Thompson. Yeah. I th- not, not even looking at stats, just him at the game. He just looked like he was a man on a mission. Um, always looked like we'll, um, he was uh, ru- wiring the staff's uh, line. He was always pushing them back and bending it all the time. And I felt like we had quick play the balls off him. And I thought his defense was quite solid. I don't, like I said, I'm not reading this off stats. I just left the game thinking, Jesus, Luke Thompson had a good game.
1: Yeah. Those
0: three players I picked were just not off stats at all. They were off just leaving the game and thought these three players,
1: to yeah, me, I've, stood out. i give it one point to Paul Vaughan. I think he's, he's uh, become a leader of the pack uh, now mm. where he plays. Um, and uh, you're talking about the eye test there. I think, um, the eye test, if you watch Paul Vaughan, has been very impressive, um, especially in a lot of probably the last three or four games. But uh, he's one of the players that I wasn't necessarily sold on, uh, and he seems to be doing really well. Now and taking some ownership of uh, the performance of the front row. Uh, so those points have been given out now. Um, you did yours backwards for some reason tonight.
0: Oh, I uh, like Paul to build up that. to the best.
1: Oh, Paul Vaughan now leads the uh, 2022 Player of the Year with 10 points. Matt Burden is second on eight, and tied in third spot, uh, Max King and Braden Burns.
0: Oh, poor, poor Braden. He's going to have to some work to do. using when he returns. Yeah. So this week, as we've we've already mentioned, we've got the Brisbane Broncos at Suncorp Stadium. Felt like this was a match that we should be winning. And I feel like um a lot hangs on Trent Barrett's future after this game. However, like we mentioned at the start, COVID's ripped through the Bulldogs, a few players out. And then, of course, the injuries added on top. There is a lot of outs. It's, the team list has already changed from the start yeah. of the week. Um, there's just players in and out galore. I was just looking at it as it, like, as it updated. Do you want to run through the team list and see what it looks like this week? Because it looks very un- yeah on what it was named on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, so fullbacks, Matt Dufty, the Wiggers are Jada Lockenball, Josh Hunter Carr, Sinis Aaron Ship, Jacob Carraz, the other halves, Matt Byrne and Kyle Flanagan, Uh, front rows, Luke Thompson and Paul Vaughan, the hooker, Jeremy Marshall King, second rows, Corey Waddell, Tamina Pena Jr. and Josh Jackson. That 1-13 doesn't look too bad, actually, Mm. uh, considering. Uh, On the bench, Bailey Biondioto, Joe Stimson, Max King, and Billy Sarikis. Uh, in our reserves list is now Joshua Cook, Declan Casey, Curtis Morin, Philip Makatoa, Mc- Zach Docker Clay Zach Hivertin, and Jack Sillet. Uh, T- topine is the uh, 18th man slash COVID. Oh, not COVID <laughs> concussion <laughs> replacement.
0: Yeah, so a lot of the uh, reserve players are not in our top 30
1: at all. And let's just look. Let's just hope that um, tomorrow no other player. Test is positive, uh, or let's hope no other player test is positive before the game, and uh, we can get out there and actually play the game. I think that's the, the biggest thing at the moment. Um, winning or not, well, I'm probably, you know. It's, it's going to be a big task now to win. We've gone from a mm. 50-50 chance, I would have thought. game that we, we should be expecting to compete in and go really, really close to winning, uh, to a game where I think we'd just be happy to finish it. Mm. Yeah, it's just...
0: Thing. and our uh, yeah, it's, I don't know how to word it. It's I was thinking that a lot could um, as I said earlier, determine Trent Barrett's future at the Bulldogs, if uh, or if the drums start beating, which the fans, you know, the fans have been for a while now. <laughs> he's probably brought
1: himself a couple. Of, well, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but he's probably got a couple of weeks without having to worry about that now, given given what's happened.
0: Yeah, The circumstances, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, if we go up there, can we do a baby Broncos performance? You know, the baby Broncos are famous, yeah. Uh, well, Origin well, when they play Origin and they beat some teams. If we go yeah. up there
1: and win, look, looking at that team, it's not too bad. Like, obviously, Jacob Carazzo debut. Um, a lot of people at the LRL wouldn't know who he is. Um, uh, Billy, Billy on the bench, Billy, um. Surikas, the prop forward on the the bench, another one, but apart from that, the 15 other players um, have all played top grade this year. So so maybe as long as that 17 doesn't change um, from now going forward, maybe we're putting too much emphasis on players that are not there.
0: Well, I think it's actually... I'm gonna say this. This is, I reckon, probably the biggest match of Jane O'Kemball's career. Um, mm. Now I say this because you started as our top winger, like with Ado as the first two picked, and then he's gone from playing two games to being dropped and shifting Naden and Burns on the wing, and you know, reworking our backline and him not being in it. O'Kemball wasn't originally named in the squad on Tuesday. And um, he was named in Cup to play in the Cup. And he wasn't even named. They named an injured Corey Allen over him in the squad. And now he's now grabbed the number two jersey. And I really think this is an opportunity that, um, you know, he's had a few weeks down in reserve grade. Hopefully, um, Trent Barrett has been talking to him about what he needs to do to be a regular top-grade player. And now he's just given this opportunity out of nowhere. He would have, you know, looked at the team list on Tuesday thinking – no chance of playing this week, just playing the cup game, to now being the starting winger. Yeah. So this is an opportunity where Ockinball should be licking his lips and thinking, you know, we might we might not win this game, but if I put in a 150-meter run effort, maybe Jag a trial two and put mm. a real name, that he could definitely see him in a spot. Braden Burns is out for a long period of time. He might be able to push Naden back into the centers. So it's an opportunity, uh, a massive opportunity for him. Um, so hopefully he, you know, with these players who are out, he can he could turn it into a positive. Yeah. And make a claim.
1: Yeah. For probably say that about a few players now. But um Yeah, it's probably not as a weakened side as as the first fears were. And you know, I think it's gonna yeah. be Hopefully hoping... that takes a bit of pressure off the performance. Mm. off the boys going ahead, and maybe we can do Get an upset that not many people see. I, I doubt it, though, if a team with Adam Reynolds in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Containing stags.
0: Uh, and Kane is back,
1: isn't he? Yeah, so I very much doubt it. But hopefully takes some... Probably look at the most positive way we can. Hopefully take takes some pressure off the team and they go up there and uh Jagger win. Mm, I'm actually hoping um, Tevita Pengai Jr.,
0: who's shown real glimpses of what he can do, and um not not have the best season. Hopefully, you know, you know, sometimes players just absolutely lift when they verse the old club.
1: Yeah, hopefully. They just want to...
0: I yeah, so hopefully, well, yeah, well that's the other concern. He doesn't get too aggro. But hopefully he, you know, takes it a bit personal mm. and uh puts in a really positive performance because, you know, he needs one. He yeah. he's looked a bit up and down so far, and hopefully he can just put a good, you know. 80 minute performance out on the field and hopefully he, he, he could be someone who takes it very personal and turn the game on its head. He's that type of player.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's move into uh old dogs, Scotty.
0: Yeah, old dog. I've actually picked a player who's only played one NRL game for the Bulldogs. Okay. But he's been a, he was been a, he was around the Bulldogs for a quiet a uh, while. He played in the back row. I've gone with Harlan Alatoa.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I've gone with him because he was a a fixture of our cup side for a long period of time. Uh he was actually uh Bankstown City uh Bulls uh junior. So he was actually through the Bulldog system. Uh it's hard to believe that um
1: he's only played one game.
0: No, I know. I did the research and I thought he actually had two or three or even five games. Um but he played in the again in that, you know, he was with us from from two thousand nine in the, the like the twenty system. And let, I think he left the cup side around 2015, 2016. Um, but, you know, likes of Josh Jackson coming through at the time. You had Frank Pritchard in his way. Ronnie Matua coming back to the club. Um, Dean Halitau. David Stagg. Um, playing all in that back row position. You just had a... We, we had a, a real star, I suppose, like back row for a period of time at the Bulldogs, and um, he was someone who always stood up in cup. He captained the cup side for a, a while, and um, I felt you know times are a little. Sometimes you know timing is everything when you're coming through to top grade, and um, I feel like it's a real shame that he never actually got to play more than obviously one NRL game. And then um, was, I was just in shock that he never got picked up by anyone else because I thought he was always solid. And Cup, like, you know, he was a real leader. And um, he almost got picked was, for a
1: finals game. I think he was a player, this doesn't happen too often, but I think he was a player that we were keeping close eyes on. <laughs> we yeah. were expecting him to really uh, to take off, but it never happened, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and I just want to, you know, I suppose a little bit unlucky as well. Mm-hmm. With the, the period of time he was coming through the grade, but I picked him because um you've given me the rule of trying to pick <laughs> someone who might not have had a massive impact but you know he was in the top, he was a part of the top grade squad for a few years. Um, he definitely would have been looking over your shoulder with Harlan in reserve grade because his performances were outstanding. You could put him in the middle of the field or you could put him
1: on put him on an edge. He just did a job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that was my old dog this week. Awesome. All right, Scotty throw up the socials and we'll
0: be done for another week. Uh, Twitter at NRL Bulldogs fans, Instagram NRL Bulldogs underscore fans, our Facebook is NRL Bulldogs fans podcast, and you can uh, get in touch with us at NRL nrl.bull- oh, dot at gmail If you want to give flick us an email.